Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Be Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. I'm your host, Angie Huser. It's time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Well, welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be here. This is my favorite time of the week to get back here, connect with you, and give you a little bit of update on what's going on in my life and hopefully help you along the path that you are on. For those of you that don't know me, I'm Angie and I am an above knee amputee. And I have been given a new lease on life. I've been an amputee for what will be three years at the end of December and it has been quite a journey. Now today I thought I would touch base on something that's really, you know, temperamental in my life and in my journey, but I have noticed that the more I discuss with other people and whether they are dealing with amputation or just um, issues with medical, uh, you know, their knee, especially knees. A lot of people reach out to me for knees because that's the journey I took. Um, and that's kind of, I, I wouldn't speak outside of my comfort zone, so that's kind of more that path. But a lot of things that we discuss here just help everyday people. I mean, we all have our, our valleys and our mountaintops that we go through, and we are all vulnerable to the moments where we feel incapacitated by pain or um, frustration or a lack of motivation. And so I hope to speak to that for any of you that are new here. I am especially inspired this week. And, you know, I tend to do my podcasts like I do my writing. I like to write when I'm inspired. Well, I like to speak when I'm inspired. And this past few days, I have been in touch and communication with a couple people dealing with a lot of pain in their life. One is an amputee, one is not, but both are dealing with the pain that is crippling them, crippling their life, their lifestyle, and that's that's tough. And I can speak to it in some respects because I have been through a lot of pain. For those of you that don't know me, basically since 2013, a karate accident, um, I hurt my knee which should have been um, fixed through just physical therapy and it ended up becoming surgery after surgery after surgery after surgery. About 10 surgeries in and a blood clot, I decided to amputate. That was a choice I made and it does put me in a different realm than a lot of amputees who have lost it because of poor circulation, accident, trauma. Um, And so what I really wanna speak to, and I say this a lot, in my podcast is when it comes to you and your medical issues or your pains that you're dealing with, there is no such thing as normal. I hate when people use, is this normal? I know that people want to feel normal, but really each one of us is on an extremely specific journey in our life. We can kind of get a grip on some aspects of it, in a general sense by what other people have gone through, but no two journeys, especially through pain and injury and suffering are gonna be the same. One, we are all different people. 
Two, we all have different pain thresholds. And three, each one of our journeys is different. My amputation, just because I'm an amputee doesn't mean mine is the same as another amputee, nor is my journey as an above knee amputee going to be the same as a journey for someone who's below knee or an arm or finger or toe. We all go through it. None is less than another. None is harder to deal with than another. I may be having a really easy time um, right now with my journey and someone who just lost a finger might be really struggling with pain or um, the mental anguish that goes with being different, looking different. And so I want to speak to that. Um, I I talked to this past week and I did get um, his permission. Um, So when I started my journey off um, after college, I became a teacher. I was a middle school teacher and I taught in Illinois. That's where I'm from originally. Now I'm in Arizona. But um, I, my first teaching jobs, of course, I wanted to change the world. And I was in an area where I was fortunate enough to be able to draw very close to the students I had. And I found out, I don't know, maybe six months to 12 months ago that one of my former students became an amputee just recently, like in the last year and a half. And I couldn't believe it. Um, Never would I have thought that we would have that in common this many years later. And I decided to reach out to him to let him know that I am right there with him, that I'm going through the same thing that mine was pretty recent as well. And um, this young man, he said I could use his name, is Nick. So Nick, if you're listening, hey bud, I'm here for you. I really enjoyed our conversation the other day. He um, actually FaceTimed me. And I normally am so busy that I wouldn't be able to take a FaceTime, but something just kind of drew me to um, taking that call. First time I have seen him face to face, so to speak, since I taught him in sixth grade. And now he's a father, um, a husband, and a fellow amputee. And the reason I chose to do this podcast was after speaking to him, I felt it needed to be said again. I have done a podcast on pain, but the journey changes every day. For an amputee, we can have pain in the morning and not in the evening. We could have pain in the evening, but not in the morning. We can have no pain for a week, a month, a year, and then all of a sudden be thrusted into massive phantom pains. I mean, like I said, there is no normal with this. And for those people that I have reached out to me and said, you know, I'm thinking this is the path I need to take. I'm thinking about electing. Will my life be better? I don't know. I don't know because I don't know how bad you feel like your life is now. I don't know what your pain tolerances are. But if you have an issue like I did with my knee where I couldn't do anything, like I couldn't even walk down the end of the block and get my mail because my knee was in such bad shape. I couldn't bike, couldn't hike, couldn't ski, couldn't do anything. I couldn't even swim. People are like, could you do like hydro, like water therapy? No, because I couldn't kick because kicking hurt. And so um, when people ask if they'll be better, well, I'm better because I wasn't living the life I wanted to live. And I'm a type A person, like I'm on the go all the time. Well, you know, normal, like I said, is not normal for everybody. I don't know 
what they're used to living like. I don't know what kind of attitude they have. I don't know their mindset. Are they go-getters? Are they willing to jump a lot of hurdles? Because once you amputate, different set of issues happen. You know, you're fitting a prosthetic. You're trying to fight insurance companies to get your prosthetic. Um, you deal with phantom pains. I'm, I have phantom sensations. I won't even call them pains right now. Phantom sensations all the time, 24-7. They're always there. It's almost like it's it's my body's way to let me know my foot is there when I walk because I feel tingling. Like even speaking to you right now, my foot is tingling. I don't have a foot, but it's tingling. But I know it's where it's at then. It's kind of giving me a location of where my foot would be if it was there. And it it's actually in sync with where I have my leg postured right now. So it's kind of unique that way. But... Like I said, you know, the, you don't know how you're going to handle the next phase if that's a choice. You really have to do some soul searching because um, it's a it's a big jump. You can't take it back. <laughs> Once they take the leg off or the arm, the finger, the toe, whatever, that's that's the end of that. You know, there's no growing it back. There's no changing it. You will now forever have to alter what you're doing. Are you a fighter? then fight through it. Yeah, you probably could do it. And it's all about your mindset. I told myself that if I was going to do this, I was going to live my best life. I was going to live a better life than I had been. And I am true to my word to myself because I do not like letting myself down. I'm very, very much a high functioning amputee. I hike hard hikes. Um, a couple weeks ago, I did a five mile hike that was a 2000 foot um, elevation change in, in only two and a half miles. And, um, it took a long time and I was exhausted afterwards, but I did it. And so, and I'll ski and I'll surf and I will do whatever is tasks put in front of me. I love it. I'll, I'll take a challenge. So you have to ask yourself if you're ready for that. But back to the pain aspect. When Nick called me, and this is as real as it gets. He said, Mrs. Huser, um, I am still, I'm in pain. I'm in pain 24-7, no matter what. If my leg is on, if it's off, it doesn't matter. I, I'm on pain meds, nothing is helping. And I could just see it in his face, the pain that he was in mentally. Not the physical pain, because no one can really, really assess that. But the mental anguish in his face was real. He doesn't like being on the pain meds, and I didn't either. Because as a parent, you want to be there totally mentally and physically for your kids. And if you are kind of feeling loopy because of what you're taking, and like I've talked about in the past, some people are taking CBD oil type stuff, some are on opioids, some are on uh, muscle relaxants, whatever. And some people, you know, are, you know, smoking. So there are all aspects of what works for people, what doesn't work for people, and you know, it's, it's a tough journey. And I feel for Nick. Um, I feel for all the people that I've talked to that are dealing with it because there is no way to tell how long it'll last. If it'll, if it'll last when the end will come. And I can only play back in my mind. One of the times out of like probably maybe four moments in my amputee life where it was, frighteningly unbearable. The first time was right after my amputation. Something had happened. It triggered phantom pain. And for four solid weeks, 
which now doesn't seem like much after almost three years, but for four solid weeks, day in, day out, hour by hour, I had such high intense phantom pains that you almost get a claustrophobic feeling. It almost scares you to death that there is no end to this. And how can you function when all you can think about is the pain? That is a very scary, very real game that you are playing with your body and the, and the nerves. And I hope I never go back to that because that was an awful moment in my life. I had that happen another time and it was about four weeks again. And really there doesn't feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And as quick as it starts, it ends. And all of a sudden you go, oh, wait, I'm not even thinking about the pain. Wait, it's gone. And I tell a lot of you that I use distraction to avoid thinking about it. I am not the kind of person that feels like I'm in pain, so I'm going to sit and mope about it or sit on my couch and complain about it. Or I'm like, you know what? I got to figure something to do. So I find a million other things to do. Distraction, distraction, distraction is what I always say. And then I had a couple one night moments that were probably the worst. I mean, four weeks is hard because it's a long term and you don't know when it'll end, if it'll end. But when you have a a full on night into the next like 24, 48 hours to the point where you can't even sleep, it's an awful feeling. It's, It's an awful feeling because you know what it felt like doing the four weeks and you think if this is this intense for the this first 24 hours, is it going to be like this for four weeks, six weeks, a, a month, or two months, three months, a year? Will it ever end? Um, and then I'm reminded that my prosthetist came into the office, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and he was recollecting that he'd been an amputee for over 20 years, never really experienced phantom pains. He had gotten sick, just, you know, sick, a viral thing, and... Um, phantom pains came at him like gangbusters and he's like I can now totally appreciate whatever he's going through even as an amputee he couldn't relate to when I was going through that because he didn't understand what that felt like bam and out of nowhere 20 some years later he got him I don't say that to scare you but if you're an amputee just because you're feeling good now what I say is I ride the wave right? This, the wave I'm on right this moment while I'm speaking to you, phantom sensations, I'm doing great. I'm loving it. I'm loving life. My socket is fantastic. It fits perfectly. Like it was perfectly made by me, uh, for me. And I'm in a good place, but I'm going to ride that and I'm going to enjoy my life the best I can right this moment because I don't know when it's going to start to drive me nuts again. I don't know if I'll ever hit that again. I don't know when, you know, it's not going to be an if, it's kind of more of a when, when it's going to strike again, when phantom pains will come back. But when I was talking to Nick and feeling the pain in his voice, you know, we just had a real conversation about distracting him, um, getting off of what he is on because it's not doing anything, obviously. So he needs to really kind of come to a reconciliation with that. If he wants to be the best husband and father he wants to be and can be, he can't be all loopy and and sleeping through his days to get away from the pain. But I totally get that too in the same breath. 
So we had mentioned, um, and I had talked about this before, he is looking at getting TMR surgery done. Now here's the difference between my student from the past, Nick, and myself. I elected my amputee, my amputation. I booked it in September of 2018, and I had it in December of 18. And I had to go through September, October, November, and December riding an up and down emotional wave of, should I do this? No, I shouldn't. Maybe I should cancel. No, we're going through with it. You're not living your life. You want to live a better life. I went back and forth, back and forth. I cried hard on several days thinking that I was insane for doing this. And then there was a moment and a reconciliation in my heart where I knew this was the path that I was meant to take in my life. Thus, the reason my podcast is because I believe that the path I'm meant to take is to help others through their journey, like I have been able to get through mine. And the good and the bad, that's why I'm very transparent. So I've done videos and stuff where I was in tears for hours before because I couldn't get my prosthetic off, my prosthesis off, and I couldn't function and, and the pain was so high or I did this or I did that. People need to know that it's not cut it off and everything's great and now I'm living the best life. I am, but it's not without its bumps and bruises. So when Nick and I were talking... And I, you know, let him know that there are other options. He's going to do the TMR surgery, I believe, coming up here soon in the next month or two. And that was the surgery I had back in December because I had a neuroma in the back of my thigh that was so, so painful. It just grew and became out of control. And I, I went from being able to do, like, I would do a lot of 5K virtual races, just, you know, earn the medal and feel like I'm accomplishing stuff. And it got to the point where all of a sudden I could barely do, I'd get to a mile and a quarter, almost like clockwork. And then my neuroma would just start really hurting so bad that I was just trying to get home and barely making it. And I'll tell you what, first few times doing that was fine. And I'm like, I'll deal with it. But you know, when every time you do a walk and you know your body is capable of doing three miles, four miles, five miles, and you've got the energy to do it, but you're limb is telling you it can't take anymore um that's a really hard place for someone like me who needs to keep moving get to and so i did that tmr surgery um with dr ronnie pruch here in phoenix and it was fantastic he got rid of a very large neuroma in the back of my thigh that has been a gift to have that gotten rid of I did have some other nerve pain um, at the lower part of my residual limb. And he did go in there and make an incision and, and check it out. Basically, with a TMR, you get rid of neuromas and you take those nerve endings and you plug them back into muscle. And really, the only surgeon that should be getting rid of neuromas is a plastic surgeon because they have um, their study is in nerves and rerouting nerves because of the plastic surgery aspect. And so when you're, if your orthopedic surgeon does it, and mine was extremely honest with me, and he gave me Dr. Pooch's um, name because he told me, hey, I can cut those out and get rid of them. He goes, but I guarantee you they'll regrow because I don't do nerves. That's not where my study is. That's not where my specialty is. But, you know, he said, Dr. Pooch, that's what he does, and he does these surgeries. So that's a bit of advice for anybody thinking you might be doing TMR surgery. The only people doing those that know how to reroute nerves are plastic surgeons. 
So remember that in the future if that's someplace you have to go. Now, that helped. It it was not a cure-all. Like, I still have, like, pain, like, sensations and stuff. Um, it doesn't just erase all sensations. It's still there. I still am an amputee, so I'm still got nerves that after, you know, 40-some years are still firing because they're used to a foot and a leg and everything. The other thing that I had expressed to Nick that he really, really, really needed to try and this might help you on your journey through pain. And my pain management doctor did this, and that was a neurotransmitter in my back. Now, mine is a DRG, which stands for dorsal root ganglion neurotransmitter. So mine, they put in two plugs into my spinal column on a dorsal root, which is, if you look at a spine, and then it has the little, they're called dorsal roots sticking out, the ganglion that are sticking out. They plug the little plugs into those depending on where you need pain relief. I had it done while I still had a leg because I was so over taking medication and it wasn't helping. We decided to try that. And my surgeon said, or my, my pain management doctor said, um, this, if you choose to amputate in the future, he said, this is a number one pain reliever for phantom pains. And I thought, well, great, because we already knew that that was a future possibility. So what you can do is you can ask a pain management doctor um, and you can do a trial with it. And they don't put the battery pack within your body. They have it on the outside, but they do plug in the two little plugs. And basically it's like, it's like if you go to PT and you get stim put on your for me, it was always on my knee, around my knee, and the stim, well, that's the same thing. What it's doing is it's sending electrical impulses constantly to the dorsal root ganglion to stop the, the, the brain receiving pain messages. So supposedly, if you think of your, my knee was in pain, and we, we figure out pain by uh, nerves send a, a, a message up to our brain, well, if it gets to the dorsal root ganglion where it's, those are plugged in, and those are constantly pulsing, um, electro um like electro pulses through it it redirects it and sends that the pain message elsewhere so your brain doesn't activate the pain um the pain feeling so needless to say everything with my journey to amputation was doctors telling me well we've never seen that before we've never seen that before or this always works or this you know 99 percent of the time works i'm usually that excuse me that I'm usually that one percent where things don't work the TMR uh, the TMR the dorsal root ganglion the DRG neurotransmitter um, was again one of those things that I put in and it I guess I was at that time was looking for a fix-all and it didn't but I kept it in I kept it going and then I ended up amputating and that was actually the thing that triggered um, if it's set too high it can actually create pain. And so I just recently chose to turn it off because I didn't like the feeling of something else controlling what I felt, if that makes sense. And that's a choice that I made for myself after a couple of years of it being in and a couple of years of knowing some of the ups and downs I had where I felt it was creating a problem versus a solution. So I am living with one embedded in my back which I hate because after losing weight now it sticks out and I actually can catch it on a chair every once in a while which does not feel good 
but I don't want to take it out quite yet because I know that once it's out, it's out. And my insurance company will not say, oh yeah, let's put it back in because I'm struggling with pain. It's kind of like my backup. So if I feel like something's totally out of whack and totally out of control with pain, I can turn it on, adjust it, and see if it can help me. But it is a non-medical way or a non-medicine way, a non-pill form, a non, I'm not taking anything, no narcotics, nothing. And that's the way I want it. After about six, seven years of, six years of pain meds, I don't want them anymore. So I've chosen the clear path to get away from it all. But I did let Nick know that that was something that he really should look into. It wouldn't hurt anybody to give it a try. The trial run is an, it's an outpatient. It's a quick thing. You know, 15, 20 minutes, you put under sedation. They put it in. You get a try for like a week. You go back, you report what you feel, and then if it works and your insurance company covers it, they put it in. And it's never totally permanent. Like they can always take it out. That's the beauty of it. But um, at least the trial, I told Nick, would be a great avenue. So between TMR surgery and this trial of a neurotransmitter, I'm really hoping that he finds some reprieve. If he's in a pain level of off the charts, and that's what he's told me, if they tell him one to 10 and he's like, there isn't a number for this, I know that and I get that and it's scary. Nick, I want you to hold on, buddy, because there are better days coming. I, I promise there's, there's gonna be better days. The difference though, what I am noticing after talking to people that have been through trauma for their amputation versus someone like me that was elected, in those several months I had where I told you I went the ups and downs, I had the opportunity to mentally reconcile with my body what was going to happen. I could visualize, and visualization is really good to help you get through things. It can be scary at times, but it's also a good exercise. Will it change the way everything goes? No, of course not. I still have phantom pain, and some days are worse than others, but what I have noticed is someone that's gone through a horrific accident or a complete ripoff of their limb, they are dealing with higher levels of phantom pain. And I would never ever think that I understand what they're going through because not only do they have the phantom pain because their body was just tortured, um, their mental game is not strong because they weren't expecting it. And it happened out of the blue and some of them woke up and realized their leg is gone or their arm is gone. And they have to mentally get through that. So for me, I was making myself mentally stronger. My friends, my family all knew I was going to amputate. They were all surrounding me with love, with prayers, with support, with humor, which it, for me is huge. I use my humor to get through a lot. Um, when I'm uncomfortable or in pain or whatever, I, I use humor because it lightens the mood. And I, I've ha I had those months to prepare for that. But what I would tell someone like Nick is that you need to become mentally stronger first. The pain will be there. It's, it's just what it is with amputation. But if you can support yourself and mentally get yourself stronger and, you know, someone might say, well, how in the heck do you do that? Especially if you're in the midst of it. It's tough. It's not going to be an easy battle. But 
It is positive affirmations all the time. It is keeping yourself distracted and busy. Like I say, I do when I'm not feeling my best distraction. I am constantly making sure I'm doing things to keep my mind off of me. Um, which is really great when you have a family around you, right? Cause you are friends, you can do stuff for them. You can meet up with them. You can, I like to make things. So I'm constantly doing stuff for other people. Um, I like to do things for my kids. So mine that's in high school right now, right now, this is homecoming week and I'm at the school all, all week selling flowers for homecoming week. Those are the things that I love. It makes me happy. It surrounds me with people that I love and care about. And I get to stay plugged in and, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm not thinking about me or my problems, but it takes a constant constant barrage of positive mental images, positive mental attitude, positive mental uh, messages to yourself. And ironically enough, I, I truly believe that everything happens for a reason. And I didn't ask this um, person if I could talk about them, so I will not use their name, but I will tell you right now that today I ran into a friend which we were just acquaintances a couple of years ago, right before my amputation. She had knee issues and we became, we called knee buddies. And the next thing she knows, I'm amputating my leg. Well, she is now struggling, still struggling with her knee. And I know that her life is, is tough right now. And I, I think she listens. And so I want her to know that I am here for her, that this too shall pass that sometimes we don't know the path we're supposed to take but we must trust and this is where my faith comes in for those of you that know me well enough you know that my faith is everything that i believe that god had a plan from the get-go of all this and hindsight's 2020 right so now that i'm looking back i see the seeds that he has planted for me and i believe that i speak more often than not now about my journey is to help people like this this lady and um i'm honored to spend time with her and talk with her and it was really great to touch base with her today and i hope she knows i'm thinking of her and praying for her because i know she's in the midst of a hard battle and all i can say is positive mental imagery positive mental messages you need to stay mentally strong and alert but to stay distracted as well so that you don't get overwhelmed by your own circumstances because it can be incapacitating to get stuck in your own head and not have an escape route. So I'd like to end with my call to action today. And this goes for the two people I'm speaking to today, but also to all of you out there. If you are struggling with anything, Know that you're never alone, that we all struggle, that we all have issues, we all have pain, we all have our valleys. And I have said that almost every single podcast because I can't drive that home enough. But you need to have a strong mental game to help you through. Life is going to hand you some real doozies, but you can do it. I know you can. So my call to action today is this. Make sure that you are giving yourself positive affirmations. What do I mean by that? 
For me, it was making a vision board. My vision board has pictures of people that I love dearly that mean the world to me, which is my, my family, um, my sons, my husband, um, my family back home, like my family. I grew up with my brothers, their wives, their kids, my dad, my mom. Um, it has cards people sent to me right before my amputation that told me I was a fighter and I was going to make this an amazing journey that I was strong enough. It has um, pins on it that have good sayings, funny sayings, um, to remind me to keep my humor through it all. It has Bible verses that I've written and my sons have written for me. It has pictures of me as a two-legged person, a biped, doing the things I love so I remind myself that I can do anything that old me could do, that I am no different in that respect. It's what helped me get on the ski slopes literally not even four months after my surgery. So I use a vision board. It's actually, I keep looking at it. It's actually in my room here. Um, I have it hung in my house, our old house. I had it laid up against my dresser because I thought it was going to be a temporary thing at surgery time. And here we are three years later, it finally has its own place on a wall and it can be fluid too. Like I can change out the pictures and stuff, but I've kept mine the way it is because I love, I love the people, the faces and the, the sentiments on there. The other thing that I have done in the past is I have used little note cards or post-it notes and I have written positive messages to myself to remind myself that this too shall pass. And I am looking at that right now thinking, yeah, I'm in a great place right now. For the first time in months, I have a socket that fits me really well. My phantom sensations are doable. They're not painful. Um, I'm, I'm living, I'm doing my thing. The weather's getting nicer. So I'm outside and I'm doing what I love, which is hiking. And I'm just staying active and being active helps my mental game. So I would suggest this next week that you start writing cards to yourself or have someone that loves you, that's been beside you, write something up about you. Ask them to write something to help inspire you, to support you. They might write things like, I love you. Uh, you're a strong human being. You've got this. Don't let go. Don't give up. Fight hard. And those little messages, you never know when they're going to hit. You might want to leave one on your dashboard in your car to see every time you get in your car. If you always get up in the morning and look right in your mirror, Boom, put it there. If it's right next to your bed because you need it before you can even get out of bed because just getting out of bed hurts, then put it there. If you spend a lot of time in your kitchen, like I do, um, put it on the, the window by your sink. Wherever you spend a lot of time or where you find that you are weakest, maybe that's where it should go. And I just, I can't stress enough that repeatedly telling yourself this too shall pass it's a phase. Everything is a phase. That's one great thing about getting older is the older I get, the more I can look back on life and go, oh yeah, you know what? That really sucked while I was going through it. But now, huh, I'm through it. And you know what? I've been through it three times and it always ends. 
everything's a phase. I used to say that when we had little ones, when they were little, little. And, you know, we would say, oh, the toys all over the house is a phase. And now I wish the toys were there, right? <laughs> or the handprints on the window, just a phase, you know. So, or the, you know, the terrible threes or terrible twos, just a phase. That's that's us too. Our pain, our suffering, all those things that we're going through, they come and they go, they ebb and they flow. And you've just got to ride that wave to get through it. I mean, sometimes it's tough. I get it. I've been there. That's why I speak to you because if I hadn't already experienced it, I couldn't speak to you on this, but I understand. You know, I don't understand exactly what you are going through, but I understand the skeletal structure of dealing with pain, dealing with adversity, and how you pick yourself up by your bootstraps and keep moving forward. You've got to keep marching. You've got to keep going forward. It's not an option, right? We weren't meant to go backwards. We weren't meant to stand still. We are meant as creatures, human beings, to love, be loved, to be around people, to surround ourselves with people that support us, and to keep moving forward, dealing with change, adversity, and overcoming. To survive this world, you need to learn to overcome. Another just real quick fix I find that helps me too is sometimes you just need to change where you're sitting yourself every day. And I literally mean that physically. I know some people that deal with pain just sit on their couch or their chair. They've gotten comfortable there and that's where they sit there and they have pity parties. You need to get out and get some vitamin D. You need to go out and feel the breeze. The weather's changing everywhere around the nation. It's a beautiful time to be alive. It's beautiful outside. If it's not raining in your neck of the woods, because I know out here in California, they're getting nailed. Um, get outside when you can. Listen to the birds. Quiet your mind. Quiet your heart. Breathe in the fresh air. Enjoy the sunshine. Live your life. Don't allow this to define you. When Once you let pain and suffering and your circumstances like this define you, you've lost. So you need to fight that. And sometimes you need to call on someone that can really help you. We weren't meant to do this alone. And you know, you might think I've done a lot of this by myself. If I didn't realize that my sons and my husband and my family back home were right beside me at any given time, it would have been a much different game. But because of the support I found and the people I decided to surround myself with, I have the love and support of great friends and great family, and I really hope you do too, because that will make a difference on how you handle the hard moments, and you will find them. They will come. They will come and try to knock you down, but whether you get knocked down seven times and stand up eight, or you get knocked down seven times and sit there and stay down, that's your choice, and that comes with a positive mental um, attitude. So I would suggest when you get knocked down, you get right back up. Get knocked down again, you get right back up. You are building yourself up to be a stronger person. You're chiseling away at a weakness to create a stronger person within you, a stronger spirit, and you will be a survivor. And you are going to be able to live your life the way you want to live it. Stay strong. Don't give up hope. 
there will be a better day coming work on that positive mental attitude within your heart it's got to come from inside you even when people pour into you it really does a difference on how we decide to view ourselves and view our problems step outside of yourself for a minute and ask yourself what kind of person do i want to be how do i want to handle this and what would i do if i could tell myself what i need to do and do that because i know you can do it i know you're going to be successful at it you just got to work at it we're human beings we're going to try we're going to fail we're going to try again we're going to fail we're going to try three four hundred times and one of these days you'll find that you've succeeded and that nothing's going to stop you so until we meet again, remember to always be healthy, be happy, be beautiful.